Hello, my name is Price Van Ray. I'm a divorced single dad of five kids. Welcome to my show. <laughs> That's right, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Uh, we have a pretty good show for you. And I want to talk about something before we get to that. Let's do the uh, thought of the day. The heart holds more than hope. It holds love. That's right. The heart holds a lot of things. It is so amazing what a person's heart can hold because, you know, when you think of your heart, you always think of it like a muscle with blood and vessels and all that stuff. But actually, there's more to the heart than what you actually think it is. The heart holds memories. I mean, that's right. I can remember when my kids were young and when I remember finally back on those years, my heart starts pumping and I start saying to myself, I remember those days. I remember tucking my kid in bed at night. I remember taking him to school. I remember a lot of stuff. But the heart does hold more than hope. It holds love. It holds so many things. It's amazing. So, that being said, I want to talk about something today on the show. And it is about me. You see, I was an overprotective parent. And that is going to be the topic. Because in my opinion, I think it's good to be an overprotective parent. You have to watch your kids. You have to make sure your kids are going to be safe. I remember when I was a little kid, there were so many dangers out there. I mean, not like today, but there were unseen dangers. And you know, now that I think about it, maybe there were just as much or as many dangers, but we just didn't have the internet. We didn't have the technology we have today. But I will tell you this. I was, I was lucky, in my opinion, I was happy that my parents were overprotective because they kept me safe. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have five kids, if you don't know that. Five beautiful kids. I have three girls and two boys. Now, I'm, I'm always overprotective over all of them, but especially the girls. And I'll tell you why, because you hear so many stories about girls being abused, girls being attacked. I mean, I hope my boys can fight off whatever's going on, but this is when they're really young. And little boys can't fight off or fend off either. But little boys can be victims too. Everybody can be victims. And me being an overprotective parent, I heard about a lot of stuff that goes on in the world. And, and it's horrible. You just don't want that kind of stuff happening to your kids. So, I, when my kids were old enough and they had to walk to school. I mean, we lived in the suburbs at the time. So, it wasn't that that dangerous from what I understand. I mean, I didn't hear the cops uh, knocking on everybody's door. I didn't hear the fire engines running up and down the street, the ambulances. I didn't hear gunshots. So the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, and as a kid, it, it, it was the ghetto. It, it, was, it was pretty bad. There were shootings. There were fights. There were gangs. It, it was, I mean, the list goes on. I don't, I don't even have to tell you the kind of stuff you'd see and, and, and hear the ghetto. So I always wanted what was better for my kids. So I, when I got married, I moved to the suburbs. And my kids, I felt were a little safer. I mean, you could leave your bicycles on the lawn. Nobody steals them. 
You can leave your car door unlocked if you want by accident. But no, you can wake up and your car's not gone. It, to me, in my opinion, where we lived, it, it was a pretty safe and secure neighborhood at the time. I don't know how it is today, but when my kids were growing up there, it, it was it was good for me. A different environment. I felt a safer environment. Um, culturally, it, it was it, it had to improve on it, but as far as safety wise, I I was pretty satisfied with it. Now, my girls and, and my boys they they had to walk to school, so I was always afraid just in case something does happen because they have to walk by some wooded areas. I wanted them to make sure they could call me anytime, so I got them cell phones, and. Having the cell phones, I expect them to call me whenever there's a problem or if there's not a problem. I mean, the cell phone is there for their protection and my peace of mind. I mean, like any parent says, you want peace of mind. You want to make sure when your kids leave the house in the morning or at night, they're going to be safe. If there's any kind of problems, they're going to call you. They're going to say, hey, mom, dad, this is what's going on. So, yeah, and I got my kids the cell phones, and at the time, and even now, they, they sort of disagree. They have their own opinion, but they'll say, Dad, you were overprotective. And I said, you know, it's better, in my opinion, to be overprotective than underprotective. To have an overprotective parent means they, means they care. If I didn't care about you, I would let you run wild. I wouldn't even care what you did. You could stay out all the hours of the night. I wouldn't care because, in my opinion— I'm not a protective parent, but I was a protective parent, and I said, uh, I care, and I don't want nothing to happen to you. That's it. That's the bottom line. So, you know, I always told my kids, the world's not safe, and you used to think so, but it, it isn't really safe. I mean, just the other day, I was, I was watching the news, and there was a six-year-old girl who was sitting on her porch, and some random guy was casing out this apartment complex and he ended up grabbing her. Now she screamed and she did what her mother told her. If anybody attacks you, you bite, you kick, you scream. She was biting the guy. She put up such a fight that the guy let her go and he ran off. Luckily, the vehicle was on video. The guy was caught on video and they caught the guy and he was arrested. But that six-year-old girl, that story could have ended very badly had she not fought. But sometimes you can't. I mean, you know, the guy could have been a crazy guy. The, it, the unthinkable could have happened. But that little girl was lucky. And every time I hear something like that, I say to myself, my God, what if that happened to my child? I would, I would go insane. I would lose my mind. But the bottom line is, I'm an overprotective parent. I am a overprotective parent, and I wear that as a badge of honor. Now, you think people can be nice, but there are some people that are crazy. And the reality is there are people, some people who are evil. And it's very bad. I mean, if they ever, ever, one of these evil people get a hold of your kids, They'll, they'll, you know, they'll abuse them mentally, physically, emotionally. It's, it's terrible. I remember, here's another story. I, I remember a long time ago, I, this was before I had kids, I believe. Um, it had to be about 20 years ago. 
when I heard a mother drowned her kids in a car. She she drove her two who two kids to a lake in a car and and drove it in the lake and watched the boys in the back window screaming, "Mommy, mommy, help us, help me!" And she just stood there. That's ice cold. That's evil. And she killed them. And she tried to blame it on other people in the community. The community was split in half. It was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, evil can come in all kinds. Evil can be parents, friends, neighbors, strangers. But I got to be overprotective. I am a very overprotective parent. Because you never know what can happen. And I'm going to be honest with you. Often I think about how that woman killed her children in that car. It's It makes my stomach turn. How somebody could do that. And then recently... And within the last couple of years, I mean, yeah, guns are a little out of control, but the show's not here to talk about guns or whether or not people should have them or shouldn't have them. But the bottom line is there are school shootings. And that was one of my biggest, one of my biggest fears that something would happen to my child. And there was a school shooting. What what would I do? It, it's unimaginable. Unimaginable. But you hope and you pray nothing bad happens to your child. You also have to worry about cyberbullying today too. There's a lot of cyberbullying. And when I was growing up, they didn't have all these fancy computers and things like that. But, but now you have computers, people can bully you, and other adults can lure you into these rooms, and it's not good. I got to be overprotective. I'm an overprotective parent, and I wear it as a badge of honor. I was bullied as a kid. It, it might have been different when I was a kid, but it was still bullying. It, it, it made you feel bad. There were some horrible things done to me. But the bottom line is, I always said when I had kids, I never want my kids to go through something like that. So if they ever had a problem in school, I'd always be up at that school. I'd be the first one in line. Hey, this is what's going on. This is what happened. I want something done. You know why? Because I'm an overprotective parent, and I care about my kid. And I wear it as a badge of what? I wear it as a badge of honor. You know what? The world is not easy, and it's not easy being a parent, and it's not being easy being strict. And I'm going to be honest with you. My parents, they were strict, and I never minded that. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I never saw my parents smoke, and they said, hey, we don't want you smoking. Smoking's bad. Okay. I listened. Okay. I had no reason not to believe them. Okay. Because I hear about a lot of people, and, and they'd be getting sick. You know, people get cancer. They have um, chronic, chronic heart failure. They they just have a lot of health problems when you when it comes with smoking. My parents would tell me you you'll smell like smoke, this and that, blah blah blah. So I never wanted to smoke. My parents were protective, and I'm 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 happy. They wore that as a badge of honor. I never saw my parents get drunk. 
Never saw him drink except for my dad on Sundays when he was watching the sports. He'd have a beer or two. That's about it. Never saw him drink shots or hard liquor. But they made it clear they didn't want me drinking. One, I was underage. I was not 21. And two, it's not good, especially in the family. We have a lot of alcoholics. And I always said, you know, yeah, we have alcoholics in the family. And I don't know if drinking is hereditary, if you'll like it or you have a disposition to it. So I'm not going to drink. Why would I do something like that? It's, it's insane for me. I'm not going to say now. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to die and say I'm not going to try a beer. I'm not going to try wine. I probably have two glass, two bottles of wine a year. That's about it. That's about it. Not, not a big drinker. I like soda. Soda is my weakness. My definite weakness. I melt when I when I, you say soda or or fruit punch or or juice. I I prefer that over alcohol. I really do. And uh, I remember when I say my my parents are strict. I remember when I went out. They always wanted to know where I was, and that's fine. I'm not up doing nothing bad. I would uh, I would call them now. At at that time, we didn't have cell phones. You'd have uh, you'd you'd have these phones on the street, phone boxes, and you'd just put a dime in or a quarter and say, "Hey, I'm going to be late. So if you're going to wait up, here it is. I'll be home at this time." And a lot of times I'd call collect. I'd say, yeah, I want to make a collect call to my parents. Give them the number, the operator, and they'd collect it. And that was that. My parents were strict, and I don't mind that. They wore that as a badge of honor. I remember they were strict. They said, at this certain time, we're going to eat supper. We're going to sit down as a family. And in my opinion, that's good. There's a lot of people nowadays, as a family, they just don't sit down as a family. They don't do that. I, I don't I don't quite get that. Well, I, I, I get it because my family, unfortunately, you know, I'm divorced. So when you get divorced, a lot of things come with that, unfortunately. And uh, I guess I sort of lost the reins as far as sitting down at the table because at the time we were moving here and there and, and part of the time we were homeless, so there really wasn't a table to eat on. But I'll tell you, I... I I would really love to sit down at a table with, with my kids like I did when I was a kid and you have a conversation. I remember my parents would say, how was your day today? Day was good. They did have a conversation. They did get you to talk. So you would have these skills as an adult. When you grow up and you have kids, you can teach your kids, hey, this is how you talk. This is how you eat. This is what you do. We are strict parents. We are proud and we wear it as a badge of honor. It's true. It's, it's tough being a parent, and if you're strict, you're strict. The bottom line is there's no books on being a parent. There's, I mean, no real books. Being a parent is like a life experience. You have, to, you have to live it. You have to go through it. Now, I mean, you can draw upon your own personal experiences. You could say, as a kid, I agree with what my parents did in this situation, but I don't agree with this situation, so I'm not going to do this. Why would I do this if I disagree with it? If I didn't like that when I was a kid, I'm not going to do it to my kid. You will make a decision about how you're going to discipline your kids. Now, my, my parents were old school. They, they were heavy-handed. Me, no. No. A totally, totally different, different approach when, I, when it comes to discipline with, with my girls and my boys. And I, I also feel every kid's different, too. You know, every one of my kids is different. So you have to 
you know, when it comes to discipline, you have to, to figure out what works with each of them. I'll give you an example. My oldest daughter, all you had to do was yell. Oh, she'd start, <laughs> those those tears would start flowing. She'd be crying, bloody murder, like somebody's, like it's the end of the world for her. So I never had to do anything else but but yell. Just, just yell. But I didn't yell all the time. I rarely yelled. So when my kids knew, when my voice was raised, they knew, oh my God, something, dad's pissed. Dad, uh-oh, we did something bad. We did, uh, step back. Because they, 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 they rarely ever heard me yelling. Ever. And I wear that as a badge of honor. I'm, <laughs> I'm really not one that goes around screaming and yelling. I think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of emotions. And, I mean, you, you got to have control over your emotions. If you don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you. But when you're a parent, you, you learn this stuff. You got to take it day by day. And you got to hope for the best. You got to hope that your kids are going to listen and learn, especially listen. I mean, if you tell your, your kid, I, if you tell your kid, hey, you know, we're, we're going to go camping. Uh, I'm going to step away for a minute. Do not put your hand in the campfire. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it one more time. Do not put your hand in the campfire. It is hot. Okay? I'm going to say it one more time. If you put your hand in the campfire, when I step away, you are going to get burned. Now, hopefully your kid will listen. They'll be like, oh, you know, we're not going to do that. Or are they going to say, ah, I dare you. You got two kids. I dare you to put your hand there for one second. I mean, they're going to realize when you get close to the fire, they're going to get burned. And in life, you don't want your kid to get burned given any kind of a situation because there can be so many situations where they can get burned, where they'll be scarred emotionally. Physically, mentally, and you don't want your child to get burned in any way or scarred in any way possible. You know why? Because you love your kid. And you know why? Because you want to be a protective parent. There's nothing wrong with being a protective parent. Don't listen. If your kids get older and say, hey, Dad, I remember you're overprotective, I say, yeah, that's right. I don't care what you say. Um, I care what you think. But as far as what you say, it is my job, my job to keep you safe. It is my job to make sure nothing happens to you. It is my job to make sure you can grow up a good individual without any scars, without any burns, without any marks mentally, physically, emotionally. I got to make sure you're intact. I got to make sure you got a chance at life. I got to make sure you're going to be okay because one day I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be gone. A memory, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, Sarah, not a dad, pushing up the daisies. And you, you are going to be here by yourself with the loved ones you have in your life. And you're going to have to make decisions and you're going to have to draw upon your own life experiences and things like that because I'm not going to be here. But I'll tell you one thing, I am so glad I was an overprotective parent. And I hope I did a great job. I hope my kids understand that. Because I love them. And I don't want nothing to happen to them. And now, it's story time. Willie, my father, grew up in the 1920s Mississippi, a black man, and it was tough. 
My father was a sharecropper's son, yet he wanted more. When he was young, his mother died on his lap on Christmas Eve because in those days, hospitals were segregated. There was no way for his mother to be seen at a hospital that was close by, but she had to go to a different one miles and miles, over 70 miles away. That scarred my dad. I could see it emotionally and mentally. Soon the sharecropper's son left the nest wanting to have a family of his own. Well, I'm going to have to tell you, my dad did marry. He met a woman, Edith, from Vermont, and they had a great family. And now, at the time, they were in their 80s. I remember he walked into the kitchen of my house and saw the grandkids making supper for them. He said, Christ, this is what I always wanted, to have a family he never had. And I was standing there, and I looked at him, and I said, Dad, you always had it. You always had that family. I could see a tear in his eyes. He smiled at me and said, Thanks, son. You know, this is just something I wanted to mention. Because in my opinion, from me to my dad, family is important. And that, my friends, is the rest of this story. I want to thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can download any of my past podcasts morning, noon, and night and hear it all over the internet. It would be great if you did it, if you could hear what I have to say. So that's going to bring us to the end of the show. I want to thank all of you for listening today. It's been great. And don't forget to be nice and talk nice to everyone you see. You know why? Because it's free. (laughs) That's right. Don't be a jerk. And remember, remember this one last bit of advice. Tomorrow is never promised. So don't go to bed angry at your child or anyone you love. And before you go to bed tonight, hug your child and tell them, I will love you forever, Dad. Hey, listen, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. And let's do it again. I'll see you next time here on my show. Be well, be kind, be back, peace. And I, my friends, will see you later. Goodbye.